0: All Things Conceivable, a surrogacy podcast with Nazca Fontes. Welcome listeners, and thank you for joining us. Today we are talking about the Delta variant vaccine and pregnancy, what surrogates need to know and what they need to know now with Dr. Jennifer Hirschfeld Citrin. So should you, shouldn't you, do you want to, do you need to? Uh, We are talking pregnancy and the COVID vaccination, a really hot topic, and exactly how it may affect your surrogacy journey. The Delta variant is presenting new challenges in every aspect of life. So today we're talking about the vaccine and pregnancy. And as we navigate the pandemic and new variants, we've been hearing a lot about the questions, concerns uh, that all parties have regarding how that impacts surrogates and our intended parents. We want to get some of those questions answered for you from medical experts in the field. Dr. Jennifer Hirschfeld-Citron of Fertility Center of Illinois is board certified in both obstetrics and gynecology and reproductive endocrinology and infertility. And I'm just going to say, can I call you Jenny on this podcast? Is that okay with you since we
1: know each other? Yes, please. No, it's a a long name. So...
0: (laughs) Oh, well, terrific. I'm so happy to have you. You know, we this this is really a meaty podcast because this is the topic du jour. Uh, we always seem to have a topic du jour during this pandemic, but this one's particularly worrisome and of you know particular interest to our surrogate and intended parent community. We are talking about the vaccine. We are talking talking about the Delta variant. And you know we're talking about what has recently become a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And since we both work closely with pregnant women, you know, we know that this variant right now is particularly harmful to women who are, are going to be or are currently pregnant. So let's talk a little bit of Turkey and go right, right to the big question at hand. How is COVID going to impact a pregnant
1: woman? So I think the concerns with COVID and pregnancy is that it impacts the health of the mother. And so there's, of course, in obstetrics, you're, you learn day one of your OBGYN residency. In order to have a healthy baby, you have to have a healthy mom. And sometimes I think we miss that because we seem so focused on the pregnancy. The mother's health and maternal's health is always gonna be key. And so what we have seen is like other components of someone's medical history they're immunocompromised, they're diabetic, they're obese, those individuals have greater likelihood to have real complications of COVID, not just the positive test, not the cold and flu symptoms that cause an inconvenience in your home for 10 days, but that individual who's hospitalized, who's having difficulty breathing, God forbid, requires to be intubated. And so what has been shown is that pregnancy now is one of those risk factors to make it more likely that you could end up hospitalized and intubated. Some data in demonstrated increased risk of ICU stays, increased risk of miscarriage, increased risk of stillbirth. So the virus itself can particularly impact the health of a pregnant woman, which makes it even more pertinent to discuss ways and how do we prevent pregnant women from getting COVID. Should women who want to become pregnant get the vaccine? And if they should, why should they? So yes, so what the vaccine can do is it can provide protection. I mean, that's why... People are utilizing the vaccine, and even when there's Delta, when you've been vaccinated, you're likely to have illness, meaning like hospitalization is still quite low. The vast majority, this perception that's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, are unvaccinated individuals that are being sick enough that they're being hospitalized, and the vaccine is the tool we have to prevent it. I think the challenge that many of us in medicine have with the COVID vaccine and the hesitancy is that it is different than something like wearing... Uh, a seat belt or wearing your bike helmet because you're not just making a choice for yourself you're actually making a choice for the entire community and the moment someone steps into a clinic or a public space who has not been vaccinated but holds risks of exposures particularly to pregnant women I think of that that's a huge disservice to our community the absence of vaccination I, uh, is not just a personal decision it has long-term impacts to the whole society it does and I think
0: oftentimes that that point gets lost in the dialogue or in the fear or, you know, in the emotional response to whether I believe the vaccine is right for me. So I I do think that the, you know, back to your point about all of the risks that a pregnant woman faces if she contracts COVID, if she's not vaccinated, you know, the benefits, as you've mentioned, of a COVID-19 vaccination far outweigh the potential risks. I mean, it's it's been documented. Uh, you've underscored that point, and it's a real risk to all pregnant women out there not to be vaccinated. Now, speaking of the efficacy of the vaccination, what would be the
1: efficacy for a pregnant woman? So it's equally efficacious in terms of what we've seen, 95 plus percent, if not higher, for prevention of hospitalization. So there's different parameters. So when people will think about COVID, though, I got vaccinated, but then I still had a test that turned positive. Yes. But if someone's at home with a cold, that's not what we're really worried about. What we're really worried about is someone being hospitalized or being in the ICU. And so the effectiveness to that woman, regardless if she's pregnant or not, is the same.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I I have something for you, and I would love to know your reaction to this. You know, a pregnant woman goes into her uh, neighborhood obstetrician's office, and she says, hey, doctor, I want to get pregnant, but I'm a smoker, what, would, what, would, what should that doctor tell that woman?
1: Well, I think what's incredible when you take care of women who are trying to be pregnant is it is very hard to make change, whether it's smoking, the amount of caffeine we drink, all of us know how we should eat, few of us actually eat that way. But when someone is motivated to become pregnant, it is incredible to me the amount of changes that someone is willing to ch- make to optimize the health, not only for themselves, but for a pregnancy, or to optimize their capacity to conceive. So the ability to make change is not easy, but it is, this is a time that we really can make an influence in people making better and healthier decisions, whether it is quitting smoking, being of healthy weight, or being vaccinated to COVID. I put these all in that same category of how do we optimize preconception health?
0: Right, because that would have been my next question for you. So that same woman goes in and she says, hey, doctor, I really am looking to, to be pregnant, whether it's you know, what we call a keeper or you know, in a surrogacy journey, um, but I'm not going to get vaccinated. Right? To me, those two things are saying the same. I'm willing to forego the safest route possible and take greater risk because I can or won't do something. Am I wrong in that
1: line of thinking? I completely agree. And I think (laughs) it is a gift to be to, to an intended parent to have a surrogate. There's no question. These people are motivated by a real sense of giving back. My experience with those who are surrogates, it's been a personal experience. It's been a family member. It's someone that they know who struggled and now this is their way of sort of giving back to the greater good. So this is a subset of the population that is really special. And I'm always so impressed also with like the diligence and the attention to detail and every single medicine that they take so focused on how to optimize health yes yes and so that's great. I think in that line you you would know better than me with inconceivabilities but I really have never seen someone who is a surrogate who is a smoker so oh I, right right not so at all I, it's like because of what we know now about because smoking of what we know because of what we know outcomes. of smoking Absolutely, and, and I am here to create the most optimal environment for this pregnancy because I am so motivated to do so. And I think now that is our job is to educate and to say, think of smoking, think of obesity, think of excess alcohol use prior to pregnancy, and think of the vaccine as always that we are making your body as healthy as possible to receive a pregnancy, whether it's a keeper or not. I love that expression. <laughs> Uh, yeah that's part of their lexicon
0: and it, it's just so great right it, it's I, I, I love the surrogate community you know they're they're pleasers they're giving they inspire yeah. so much joy yeah I just you know I feel that it's so important to continue our march towards good information, sound education and really getting the word out that these vaccines are safe and if you're really going to endeavor to be a surrogate for an intended parent who's been through, A whole heap of disappointment. Um, Let's do our level best to create a safe environment for that unborn baby and get the vaccination.
1: And for yourself. So now that you became pregnant, you're a surrogate who became pregnant. You now took on a risk factor for complications of COVID. And so there are other maternal risks that we can't necessarily control for. I mean, there's some illnesses in pregnancy you can't necessarily predict. And surrogates take on those risks. Knowingly and openly, knowing that they have an appreciation of what they're giving to that family or to that person. But here is a risk that we can mitigate. We can minimize your risk of complications of COVID by having you be vaccinated.
0: So, when we think about the misinformation that seems to be circulating surrounding the vaccine, uh, no doubt we're hearing a lot about this. But in particular, I mean, I have my own experience within our own program speaking to surrogates in general, and there there is some misinformation, not on a large scale with our own surrogate community, but out there in the ether, uh, as it were, that COVID-19 vaccination causes infertility. Now, this seems to be one of the more nefarious uh, pieces of misinformation circulating around there,
1: but can you set the record straight about that? So there has been no data, whether it's animal or data in trials of those who were pregnant un, unaware when they received the vaccine or those knowingly pregnant or those knowingly tried in the context of the COVID vaccine. And so there, whether it's about this or it's about something else in social media world, the unfortunate piece is once bad information gets out there, it's like wildfire and you can't contain it. But there has, this is not data-driven, this is fear-driven. And if somebody's going to use fear to make a decision, they're going to end up in a very compromised position. I think particularly as a surrogate. If a surrogate is uncomfortably being vaccinated, she shouldn't be a surrogate. In my mind, it's equal as if a surrogate is uncomfortable quitting tobacco. Tobacco is harmful to pregnancy. You should not smoke if you're pregnant. You should not be a surrogate if if you're uncomfortable being vaccinated. Those two things are at odds with each other, in my opinion.
0: So I love that analogy. And just let me underscore that for our listeners, you know, receiving uh, the COVID vaccine is analogous to quitting smoking. If you want to give your pregnancy and the unborn baby the best uh, chance for, you know, being healthy, for, for healthy outcomes. So listeners, uh, please take heed. Uh, it is the same as quitting tobacco. Uh, please get the vaccine. So we've been hearing a lot of questions from both intended parents and surrogates, and we wanted to get some answers specifically sure. for them. So are fertility clinics making it mandatory to have the vaccine to go through a surrogacy journey or to become accepted in, in the program as a
1: mm-hmm. surrogate? I don't think it is universally mandated, no. I think potentially it would become. And a case by case, as you know, physicians will approve or discourage a surrogate. I can only speak for myself, but I, I would gather the vast majority of REIs are going to discourage surrogates that are uncomfortable with the vaccine. But it's not being, as of now, universally mandated.
0: So, Jenny, some surrogates I've heard through the grapevine are saying that the vaccination is, quote, not safe. Is the COVID vaccine safe for pregnant women and the baby they're carrying?
1: So, yes, yes, strongly yes. Yes. Um, I think about 22 healthcare organizations have supported the vaccine, American College of OBGYN and American Society of Reproductive Medicine, arguably from day one. The CDC recently came on board. What helped them come on board was a study out of the UK looking at about 1,300 patients retrospectively, meaning looking after Backward, so to speak, and identifying about 30% of those that were vaccinated compared to those that were not, and looking at pregnancy markers like miscarriage, like stillbirth, and showing that those that were vaccinated and those that were not vaccinated had equal risk of these, meaning the vaccine did not increase your risk of any of those concerns. The vaccine does not increase your risk of miscarriage. Some of the concerns of the vaccine is that it temporarily can increase your fever. We do not believe that a fever that is induced in the relationship of a vaccine is the same as a fever from certain viruses. Fevers from certain viruses have been linked to miscarriage, but the vaccine itself has not. And so this is just more and more data out there. There are other U.S.-based data studies retrospectively looking at those that were vaccinated, plus those who were pregnant who were unaware when they were vaccinated. And so as the data accumulates, we become more and more reassured that they continue to support what we have seen, that the vaccines are safe. They're safe, they do not increase your risk of infertility. They do not worsen the pregnancy. The argument is, is they protect the pregnancy because the virus is a risk to your pregnancy.
0: So we are about 18 months now into this pandemic. We've had the vaccination now for the, you know, the better part of a year. It does seem as if medical recommendations shift and change. So where should our listeners go to get the most up-to-date information and recommendation from experts?
1: So I would say the CDC has been our guidance. American Society of Reproductive Medicine, if you're someone whose concerns is unique to pregnancy. American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, if your concerns are unique to pregnancy. I think those would be the places to start. And I also would just add that yes, opinions and recommendations change, but that demonstrates science. So if we were, we never changed our opinion, the, way, the moment the virus hit the door till now, we kept saying the same thing. That's the opposite of science. Science is taking in data and changing your perspective. So the fact that things are shifting shows that we're learning you want things to shift. They shouldn't stay the same. So let's turn a little bit to the perspective and
0: mindset of an intended parent for a moment. Obviously, they have a lot of questions surrounding this. Uh, They're wondering if they're going to be presented with a surrogate who's been vaccinated or not. You know, aside from the vaccination piece, can they still embark on a surrogacy journey right now and do it safely?
1: I think absolutely. I think the fact that you have this podcast And people are so thoughtful shows yes. Um, And it's really hard. Someone who's made that big decision to utilize a surrogate, whether it was for a history of their own personal fertility struggles, or they have medical comorbidities that they can't carry, or it's a single male or a same-sex male couple or any combination permutation, this is a big decision to get to the surrogate, which I know you know better than me in any way with everyone that you speak to. So, I think, yes, the confidence to say we're 18 months into this, you know, we're getting better, we're screening people. So, even if it's not universally recommended to require a surrogate to be vaccinated, although I strongly would encourage it, um, the vast majority of clinics are screening individuals before the transfer. And if someone screens positive or tests positive for COVID, they will cancel the transfer as another mechanism of security. So yes, I think it's the knowledge to say we are changing our protocols, we are testing individuals prior to pregnancy to make sure, and we are recommending and strongly encouraging the vaccine that people can feel confident, but it is a time of unrest and I appreciate that, but it's hard to delay someone when it's been so long to get to this point in the journey.
0: I I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, You know, they're anxious. They feel as if they are racing against the clock And it just seems, you know, since the the pandemic, um, you know, came into our universe that they are just experiencing one setback after another. So as long as people proceed in the right way and abide by all the recommendations and the advice and evidence that exists,
1: surrogacy is safe right now. Yeah, I would agree with that it's anxiety provoking as it probably you know always is and this is an element in our world that everything i think has taken on a different level of anxiety but you know in life you, you do the best you can to make things as optimal as possible and i think there's no question in the context of covid and fertility centers and agencies such as yours that people are doing their best to make this as safe as possible and i think that's you know that's what we can all we can really ask for
0: I'd love our audience to learn more about you and your experience with surrogacy. What's your role at FCI, the Fertility Center of Illinois, and what's the most rewarding thing about being part of a surrogacy journey?
1: I am a physician at Fertility Centers of Illinois. I've been with FCI maybe 10 years. I just want to cautiously say these numbers. I, you know, <laughs> Nobody wants to yeah. tell how <laughs> old they are. Um, I, I, I see a fair amount of surrogates, Uh, and work with intended parents with surrogates, both those who are known and those that they meet in the context of an agency. Um, And I would say that my experience with surrogates is always overwhelmingly positive. I'm always sort of moved by their story to do what they are doing. Um, And I also am so grateful because in, in one subset of patients that utilize a surrogate, it is a woman who has tried to conceive on her own without success. And so it was coming to that difficult decision that I really do need a surrogate, that there are X, Y, Z factors that are impacting my ability to carry. And so that was a big decision and then the surrogate was like a lifeline. And to see that connection and to see the capacity for that person to have a family in the context of a surrogate is really powerful. Um, I would say equally powerful as someone that comes to us with known medical comorbidities that make being pregnant not an option. They're on certain medications for heart disease or something else where being pregnant is just is something that could impact their lifespan and they're aware of that. But again, the surrogate provides sort of that lifeline so that they can um, have a family. And thirdly is that of the population of single men and same-sex men, which again, that the surrogate allows them to have genetically connected children. I think in all of these experiences, It is just so overwhelmingly positive for very, for very different reasons.
0: And you know, when we, when we, we want to speak, you know, specifically to the women who might be listening to this episode who have not yet made the decision to be a surrogate, but are contemplating it and you know, looking for guidance and advice. uh, What's your
1: advice to those women considering a journey? For someone who is considering to be a surrogate, I think it's really important that they first identify if this makes sense and they would be an optimal candidate medically. So are you someone that had a relatively straightforward pregnancy and delivery? Are you someone that's on very few, if no medications? Are you on someone that is on and has very few medical problems? And then it is, I I think in my experience, there is like a draw that people have that they have this desire to allow someone to be able to have a family and they are there to help sort of be that conduit And there seems to be something, sort of a larger calling, um, if you will, in my experience, usually connected to a personal or family experience. And I think the best way to start is to get more information. So if you're considering this, you had a relatively straightforward pregnancy, you personally see this value of providing this service, I would find out like the nitty gritty, I'd get the nuts and bolts um, so that you can learn and make a decision because I think it can be an extraordinarily rewarding experience, the connection between the intended parent and the surrogate. Some will describe that continues throughout the child's life or throughout those first years, um, and it can really vary, and it can just be a very powerful way to give back.
0: And, and certainly since we've both entered You know, this field of assisted reproductive technology and for me, surrogacy in particular, you know, there's been such an there's been such an evolution. I mean, without a doubt. And, you know, when I think of how we've evolved in terms of our care and approach and the conversations that we have with surrogates, you know, one thing that has recently developed for us to make an improvement in this process and continue to evolve it is we we understood that there was this, you know, what we have now come to call the fourth trimester, right? After, you know, all of the joy and the delivery and, you know, the, the, the closure that needs to happen, you know, the surrogate community was really seeking and looking for ways to, to navigate that period of time physically, emotionally, with the support system around her, whether it's her family or the agency or that of the intended parents, and how could we do one better to make that period and that transition uh, more meaningful and, and supportive for her? And so we've recently rolled out what we now call an all-in circuit care package. And so it really speaks to this period of time where she might need some nutritional advice. She might need the doula support from the transition during, you know, pregnancy to delivery through postpartum. Uh, Maybe she needs some pelvic floor therapy. So we've developed this, you know, fourth trimester care package. It's being met with great success, but I just wondered if, you know, now hearing this, if you have any thoughts or perspectives
1: on that period of time. I mean, I I think that's pretty wonderful. Um, As a OBGYN resident would be the last, which was a ways back, but it would be the last time that I would say that I personally interacted with women in that fourth trimester or my personal experience with pregnancy. It can be a very challenging time. Um, There's no question. I think the physical changes, the emotional changes, and appreciating that especially someone who was a surrogate, so there is not that counteracted theoretical joy uh, of the pregnancy. It just sort of ends potentially abruptly to, to, you know, to say we appreciate that your body has not stopped and the changes have continued and so you should feel supported. I think that is key. I would argue regardless if it's a keeper or not, all of us can benefit from a better awareness (laughs) and a better sense of community in the fourth trimester. Right, I think right. that can be a really tough time for many people, and you can feel very alone, and fatigued, and all of it. So it's, it is really important to have that support.
0: You know, I I have to joke with you a little bit. You know, both of us having been through you know pregnancy, delivery, being mothers. You know, as as the years tick by, and I look at all the newfangled things that come out on the marketplace, yes. right? These yes. these gizmos and <laughs> gadgets and strollers and yeah. what have you, and then of course now my my part in bringing this fourth trimester to bear. I'm like, where was this when I was having my
1: babies?
0: (laughs) Where was this level of awareness? I could have really used this.
1: Yeah, I could have used this. I think our patients could have used this. Yeah, the contraptions, you know, the the markets are smart. Every time you turn around, there's a better and brighter way to have the baby rock or change. You know, the industries mm-hmm. are getting better and better, but the medical community took a little longer to appreciate the physiological and emotional change of the fourth trimester and the necessity to, to identify that.
0: Mm-hmm. Without giving a plug to any major manufacturer of baby gear out there, but, you know, maybe Graco should have a PSA about the vaccination.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Yes. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm so out of the loop. I don't even know what a good baby product is anymore so I, right I wouldn't even know vaccination. what to suggest. a
0: vaccination
1: <laughs> a vaccination is a good product I don't know which company I don't
0: know I uh but you know I I know we're trying to have a little levity in this conversation about a very serious matter but but truly you know we we have uh a duty to really continue the march uh to to good education and information that is not tainted by uh, Misinformation in, in the marketplace. So, to all our listeners out there, I hope this podcast has proved uh, helpful to you. I hope it's been good information from a medical expert in the field of obstetrics, gynecology, and infertility. And uh, so, thank you so much, Dr. Jennifer Hirschfeld
1: Citron. And do you have any parting words or advice for our listeners today? Well, I would just echo what you said. It, is, it was an honor to be a part of the podcast. It is an incredible gift to consider being a surrogate. I don't want to minimize it for one second, Um, and to now take that next step to say, what can I proactively do to make my health optimal in this pandemic and the pregnancy optimal? The vaccine is in that category. And I think no one in medicine is going to be effective if we just bulldoze people with information. We, We appreciate, although I'm, as you can probably tell, very Um, pro the values of vaccine. I think the ways that we can change people's mind is empowering them with information. So I implore everyone out there who's who's concerned about safety to ask their physician. Ask them to review the data. Ask them pointedly the questions and the concerns that you personally have. Use good information to ideally make a good decision.
0: You know, I do a lot of these podcasts, and this one in particular is so needed at this period of time during the pandemic. I, I I can't emphasize enough, particularly from a surrogate point of view, that when surrogates come to this process and they make the overture to participate in a journey, they're helping families that have been through struggle after struggle after struggle. And what they're looking for, more than anything, is to partner with a like-minded surrogate who gives them the best chance, the healthiest chance for uh, you know creating the family of the dreams for that healthy baby. And what we're being made painfully aware of right now is that this current moment in time, this pandemic is being driven by the unvaccinated, and it's driven by fear and not data. It's driven by misinformation and not science. And rarely do I take such an extreme stance on a topic in these podcasts, but listeners, hear me. Hear the physicians. Hear the experts. Consider the risks for you and the unborn baby that you may be carrying or will be carrying for an intended parent and put your best foot forward on behalf of that family so that they can have their dreams fulfilled and you can be safe. Thank you listeners, roll up your sleeves, get that vaccination. Until next time, take care. At Conceivabilities, we believe that everyone who wants to become a parent can. Our agency has helped build thousands of families for nearly 25 years. Whether you are an intended parent ready to fulfill your family destiny, a surrogate answering your calling, or an egg donor wanting to expand what's possible in your life, we are your people. See
1: how matching matters.
0: Learn more by joining our Surrogacy Learning Center community at surrogacylearningcenter.conceivabilities.com.